There we go. Boom. Yeah. Wait, so are these cameras right here too? They're cameras. Oh Jesus. See, look <laughs> look behind you. So right there. So that's us. That's the um that's the panel shot. <laughs> <laughs> and then that's the U shot. Yeah, baby. That looks crazy. <laughs> yeah, it is pretty crazy. Let me make sure before I do this, I have a lot of technical issues every time I do no this. So let me just do a quick check here. Um, I'm really? an old man, <laughs> so it takes me a while to figure out how this. Oh, look at that. I think we're on Facebook right now. Oh, hell yeah. Holy smokes. <laughs> and I can't um, wait to get progressively more sweaty as this goes on. You know what? That's my fault, though, because this garage. So I tell you what. This um, this month I booked out. Wait, no, February and March I booked people out. I thought it would be cold, so if anything, I was worried about it being cold in here. Yeah. But in April, I'm gonna I gotta pull down the walls. I gotta put up some insulation, maybe some in insulation up there, whatever, because it just takes on whatever temperature is outside. Yeah. And right now it's pretty warm yeah, outside. It's a little spicy out. It's well, February. Yeah. And it's like late or well, not late. But I think uh, it's because the uh, groundhog didn't see a shadow. And now fucking that bastard. Like. 3,000 years I of him seeing it, and then he was like, eh. Yeah, and you know what? I set my clock by the groundhog. Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of the north star for everything yeah. I do, and he didn't see a shadow, so now I'm like, oh, my God, I got to redo the garage, yeah, maybe yeah. take the <laughs> roof off. Yeah, you're off. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Drive my car off the cliff. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I mean. It's insane. That fucking groundhog, dude. It's the groundhog. <laughs> so, dude, you had an exciting, I guess, week or whatever. You opened for yeah. TJ Miller. That was uh that was really crazy because I did yeah. not it came out of nowhere essentially really um yeah so Saturday I work across the street like there's an improv there's this giant uh, parking lot across yeah. and then there's a back entrance to my bar and okay. we have a little patio so I leave through there and like I have the super stack show coming up March fifth yeah I'm like I'm just gonna go take a picture of the marquee do a yeah, little yeah. promo post on uh you know Instagram yeah and then uh, David the manager is outside so I go over and I say what's up. And then um, he's a solid dude, by the yeah, way. Yeah, he's hella chill. Yeah, uh, and uh, it's great of him to take that interest in the local comedy scene. Oh yeah, and yeah, yeah. I think that's really awesome because right. I worked at the Improv for two years, and uh, the manager I worked under just kind of lazy and didn't yeah. really like, <coughs> at least for like supporting local comics. Yeah, and um, yeah. So like, uh, I'm talking to him, uh, Giovanni, who's the assistant manager, okay. and she was the lead server when I worked there. Okay. Um. I've known her. She's one of my, like, favorite people ever. Yeah. Um, she comes out. She hugs me. And then um, Caitlin, who does their marketing and all yeah. that, comes out, too. So all the managers are there. And she's all like, oh, let's get a picture and promote Super Sect on our end. Uh -huh. So, like, Caitlin gets a picture of me uh -huh. and uh, um, Giovanni. And then TJ Miller comes walking down the street and goes, we have to redo it. We have to redo it. And then... Um, so he takes a picture with us, and then they introduce me to him. He's like, oh, you're a local comic? I yeah. come upstairs to the green room after the second show. Yeah, so I'm like, I've been working since 10 in the morning. Okay. And uh, I'm like, all right, I guess I'm just going to go hang out uh, yeah. down here all day. And uh, literally, I wait until the second show starts around like 10, and then I hang out, watch the show, and then he does his meet and greet, and I don't yeah. get to talk to him till like, 1 in the morning. Oh. And then it was the weirdest thing because in the improv, there's two green rooms. There's a little smaller one, mm -hmm. and it has a Nintendo 64, a TV, and then two chairs. Baller. And he's like, go sit in that chair over there. So I'm like sitting in there, and then he comes back smoking a cigar, mm. closes the door behind him, and it's just me and him in this room. Ooh. I'm like, I'm about to turn out for Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm about to suck some fucking dick, and yeah, I'm about yeah, to get yeah. five minutes. Right, you know? right. That's what you that's do. That's how you do. Yeah. yeah. Oh, right on, dude. Yeah, that's what yeah. I was going to so say. I sucked, you uh, you got to commit yeah. to the uh, art I sucked T.J. Miller's dick, nice. and then um, he gave me five minutes. That is no. sweet. Um, so he uh, just asked me a bunch of questions. Then he asked me to send him a clip through David. Okay. So I emailed David a clip to uh, show T.J. David doesn't get back to me, and I open my bar again. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm just going to go back and then double check with David and everything. Yeah. And then... Um, Freaking David's not there at the improv. He's on his lunch break. So I'm just like waiting outside. And then TJ Miller is in the balcony. Like uh. there's the green room and then you go out on the balcony near the marquee. Okay. And then he looks down and he sees me. He goes, you send me the clip. Uh. And then I look up and I go, I sent it to David. And then yeah. he's like, I don't think David's gotten it to me. And then uh. he, uh, I go, well, uh, <laughs> then he's like, just send it to my work number. I was like, you're just going to yell your number out here <laughs> <laughs> on First Street? That's and so goes, TJ Miller. Yeah, how goes, I imagine. Yeah, it's my work number. I'm like, all right. And then uh -huh. I like pull out my phone, and he's just going like, 
seven, just yelling oh, at it, yelling nice. it at me. So I text him my clip, and then like five minutes later, he texts me, "Come upstairs," and then uh, just like that. Yeah, and then, and then that's the, when you blew him. Yeah, and that's when I blew oh, him. I nice. got down in front of his wife, and she yeah. was like, "Jesus!" <laughs> and then, uh, why do you get all the perks, TJ? <laughs> But it was cool because uh, he was, he said uh, next year when he comes back he'll have me again. Fuck yeah. yes. Was just so, like, so was it a typical random. like you only had to open for five minutes? Did you do ten minutes? How long? I did, did like close to six. Nice. They, TJ told me six, and then the sound guy said five. So I'm like, I'm just gonna meet in the middle. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it was uh, it goes by pretty quick. Oh yeah, it goes by really quick because sometimes five minutes seems like forever, but that was probably one of the quickest five minutes I've ever done. Yeah. No, I I have that feeling too. I always think, uh, am I gonna cover it? Not that I'm doing you know long times, but the longest I've done is like you know maybe ten, fifteen minutes, and I go, am I gonna cover this? And then before you know it, you're getting the light. Yeah. I go, oh, that um, actually goes. And plus, you're loaded. I mean, you got jokes for days. So yeah. probably six minutes is like a warm up for you. Yeah, I was like trying to figure out which ones to do. I was like, do I want to crush with like old stuff, or do I want to work out my like newer bits? Yeah. And it was cool because I did like the Taco Bell Cantina joke I've been working on. Oh, that's a great uh, one. Yeah, and fucking uh, Dustin Chafin, TJ's feature, and TJ both referenced it at the start of their set. Oh, um, nice. I was all, like, I'm just fucking riding yeah. this all-natural high, brother. Just right like on. <laughs> juiced up. Juiced up, juiced out. That turn me on, awesome. turn me loose. Yeah. And it was it was probably one of the coolest things, like, another comedian's done for me, let alone, like, TJ's yeah. on his own fucking level. Oh, know? yeah, he's next level. Yeah. He's an HBO guy, so HBO, that's... Yeah. And uh, it was hella funny because everyone was, like, asking me about because he has all that controversy about him <laughs> and stuff. He's got a lot. He's done a couple nutty things. I think the funniest thing is the fact that he called in a bomb threat on a person. Yeah. <laughs> a false one. And I'm he like, doesn't talk about that, right? Because it's in court, I guess, still. But I don't yeah. know what happened. I, I just know there was a bomb threat to a train or something like that, right? Well, yeah, there was, like, some crazy lady with a bag or whatever, okay. from what I understand from, like, I just loosely skim over articles and yeah, talk I don't about them. <laughs> right, you know? right. That's but what I do, too. Yeah. That's what this podcast is all about, actually. <laughs> Uninformed <Armed>. opinions. <laughs> that's right? pro- that's. I feel like that's like most podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> that's what podcasting is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that made and sense. after an hour, I was like, all right, cool. <laughs> just let that live out in the world forever. <laughs> Dude, it's trouble. Yeah. It's trouble. It's really bad. Dude, Shane because Gillis controversies and stuff like that. Oh, well, there's that, right? Yeah. There's We live in a time where anything I can say can be um, contorted, misconstrued, and then packaged as something like I'm a Nazi. Yeah. So there's always that living out there. But then I'm even just thinking about like, um, you know, there's a lot of people out there who, uh, well, not a lot of people, all of us, myself included, um, they just aren't going to take the time to think for themselves. Yeah. So they download a podcast and they hear something like the coronavirus. We yeah. were joking about coronavirus. I don't know shit about uh, viruses, CDC, um, public health, anything like that. But I look at that and I say, and what do I say in my head? I go, oh, this is this is what's in the uh, media circus right now. This yeah. is what this is the scare that they're using yeah. for this particular moment. So I'm like, ah, it means nothing. Um, but then some people turn on podcasts and a person has opinion like, oh, we're gonna all be dead. You know, in five months, and then people get scared, and then it just fuels the fire That's and whatnot. Sick to just turn on things to be scared. Uh, well, like I, I <laughs> think the majority of our population is actually doing that. That's yeah, that's fair. I would say most yeah. people like to have some sort of like, you know, like they just want to be kind of on like edge. A, yeah, yeah. And then I'm not a total conspiracy guy, but I will throw this conspiracy out there. So I think the uh, whatever you would call them, the media. Um, Corporations, Jews? yes. <laughs> there we go. We, on to the cance- cancel culture. We're yeah, done. Yeah, Our yeah. career is over. <laughs> we just peaked. Remember this date, yeah, February twelfth. Yeah. Matthew and Tyler peaked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the people, like, it's good for them to have uh, the population somewhat on edge and anxious, mm-hmm. because I found, like, you know, my family is. We have that uh, diversity where you got Fox people and you got CNN people and you got NPR people. But they're all afraid in their own way. Yeah. And they're all very defensive in their own way, and they're ready to go to battle. And I'm kind of like, I don't know. I just, uh, I seem to be doing fine. I know there's trouble, there's problems out there, and, you know, we got to try and fix that. But the point is, is like, I don't walk around in a constant state of fear, but then I don't want to watch a lot of news. So this is all just guesses. This is me, like, having a conversation, maybe watching one YouTube clip, and then, boom, I have an opinion. (laughs) The, uh... (laughs) I can't even handle the new. I t- I did acid once, and Ooh. I wa- I saw, uh, I did so I did acid, and then 
this was probably like good a move. D- yeah. <laughs> and then that good was start. it. Yeah. But uh, I did acid, and then this was probably the day after the San Bernardino shooting. Ooh. And so I'm like, perfect. Let's let's go. Let's do this yeah, acid. Yeah. Perfect timing. And then uh, I'm like, I'm on acid at my house, and then eventually my parents come home. Oh no. And they bring dinner. I'm all, I'm <laughs> I'm like peeking. And uh, I go to the family table and I'm just like face down, (laughs) just like, and I can't even like my food is just gross. I don't even want to eat it and stuff. And then like, I can't look at my parents. Right. And then they have the news on about the San Bernardino shooting. Oh no. And it was just like the most like fucked journalism ever where it's like, they literally showed like the shooter's stepsister like freaking out and crying. Yeah. It's like why like you're just <laughs> you're yeah. just trying to put anything on there right. to like get people like oh, you see you know you know like it right. was just and then after that I'm like yeah that's just like news is just kind of evil in a way, <laughs> you know. Dude, this is so funny we're having this conversation. I wasn't on acid the other day but I was really <laughs> high. <laughs> and I was having this same thought where I said, I was walking around, and I, I didn't even, I don't even, the news wasn't on, but I was kind of in a paranoid state. I must have watched some news or something earlier about coronavirus. And I was walking around, and I was thinking the same thing. I go, man, these news stations, they're trying to control everyone's mind. Yeah. We're all fucked. <laughs> they're going to have us e- at each other's throat, you know? And it's just like one of those high things where yeah. you go down the, the rabbit hole, and yeah. you start thinking, and then my mind gets in this I thing. Mean and I was really paranoid. I haven't <laughs> been I haven't been paranoid high in in quite a while yeah. to where I'm, you know, like, oh, my heart's beating and I'm, I'm kind of looking around like where, I was literally looking for cameras. <laughs> 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 it was one of those eyes. It's like, oh no, what, what is that camera good. doing? Yeah, what yeah. is that camera doing? They're all, you're, and you're recording a podcast. I know. <laughs> and you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> this is not good. Everyone's yeah. watching. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, all two viewers. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know what's crazy about that is like, yeah. I remember back in the day, you could just, if you... There was, like, websites you could find, like, IP addresses of, yeah. uh, like, security cameras. And then just tap Ooh. into, like, random security cameras, like, nice anywhere. Yeah. Like, it could be someone's in a house. And yeah, you yeah. could, like, go into there. And it was just, like, the creepiest thing. Because, <laughs> like... Well, there was a uh, hack. Um, it made the news. This was probably a decade ago. And it's exactly what you meant. It was before um, the home camera and, like, your child camera things. Before they even thought about security. Right, oh. they just go. Oh, here's a camera. Plug it into the internet and check it while you're at wor- the work. <laughs> People didn't they didn't set passwords. They didn't do shit with it. And there was where it was a camera and a speaker, and some creep just ha- uh, didn't even. It wasn't even a hack. Just logged into it and was like yelling at the kid, <laughs> and it made it made news because there was video of the kid like ah, you know, screaming That's and freaking hilarious. out. Yeah, yeah. Some <laughs> random dude just logged into the camera and started uh, yelling at uh, a rando kid. <laughs> that honestly sounds like something I would do comedically. Yeah. <laughs> It was like there's this kid just playing fucking a video. He was playing Fortnite, and then just out of the back, I go, "Hey kid!" He goes, "Huh?" Yeah, <laughs> so scared. Yeah, totally. Fun but with the internet. <laughs> That's how you do it, man. Yeah, just trolling children. That's what you do. <laughs> um, so you also speaking of improv. So you just opened for TJ. You got a show coming up. You're yes. reviving Superstack. Superstacked is back, baby. It's back. Um, how long yeah. was that in the works for? Uh, it probably like. Two weeks it took. I was over. I dropped my kid off at soccer the other day, and uh-huh. that was on the. Uh, that, was that was that was on the uh, pole near that big soccer field near yes. where we used to do it. Yes, uh, I think that might have been me. Ooh, <laughs> very good marketing over there. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna. I was gonna. Uh, I got to Instagram that. That's out been there for a while. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Freaking. Uh, yeah. So, literally, um, like Jim, who's the sound guy and takes pictures at the improv. Um, I did uh, Ryan Sadakran's uh, clandestine show. Okay. And then he was getting pictures of us, yada, yada. Um, after the show, he's talking to me, and he said that my name went through to the improv to be passed. And then um, I'm like, okay, like I'm like, that's sick. I'm hearing this. Yeah. But then at the same time, I'm like, wait, how would the sound guy know? <laughs> you know? Oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I messaged Giovanni on Facebook. And then um, she was like, oh, no, it's true and everything. And then a week after that, she messaged me and was like, do you have a comedy crew of friends that we could uh, possibly run a local show? Do I? I'm like, oh, boy, do I? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, just pitched super stacked. And um, they gave, like, we made this whole pitch and everything. And they emailed it to corporate. Okay. And um, Cyrus, who is the new guy doing the booking for the off nights for the improv. Okay. Just like bang, bang, bang. Just like, in like two days, we like hammered out everything, and then nice. like got the show going. That's cool. 
Improv actually has a lot of off nights, don't they? <coughs> yeah, they used to. Um, it was mainly Wednesdays and Thursdays. When I worked there, it was Wednesdays and Thursdays, unless the headliner did a Thursday through Sunday show. Oh, okay. Um, there was only the only Tuesday shows that I ever worked there were like burlesque shows once a month. Okay. Yeah, and uh, but that was under Human. Uh, the manager at the time, and he didn't really try and book too many local shows. Like, yeah. I think uh, Terry Dorsey, um, Frankie Marcos had some, and I think Sammy Obeid had a local night there that he, like, sold out. Like, he d- I think he just headlined and recorded an album. Nice. Um, but, yeah, now now they're, like, if you look at the Improv's website, they're freaking, they got shows on off nights like crazy. I was going to say, you know what? You said something there that was very interesting because you mentioned they mailed it off to corporate. you got to keep in mind that the Improv – is an, like an institution yeah. where it's throughout North America and they're probably all coordinated. They probably have, you know, uh, s- some kind of standards yeah. that they got to go by. Um, it's real business, business contracts. Yeah. You know, like you had to make the pitch with the guys. Yeah. And I'm sure there was a lot of stuff discussed, like do that, don't do that, whatever. But the San Jose Improv, it feels like they're coming on strong over the last year. Yeah, so um, Levity, Levity Live bought out improv so levity okay. live was their own like entertainment group yeah they bought out all the improvs mm-hmm. and about the time i was leaving was like probably so the last weekend i worked was a chris leo weekend okay. like we got we got fucked in the kitchen i used to expedite so okay. i was a dude like handing tickets like that uh, burger needs no avocado well done you know yeah, whatever yeah. and then oh that's um, so stressful oh yeah you must have ptsd for Bro, that i mean honestly that it's probably the most stressful job I've ever had, but it's made me like a very hard worker. Yeah, maybe, like the work ethic. Yeah, and um, cause like there's four. It's a 450 seat venue. Right. Usually 16 servers on on a sold out show. Yeah. Everyone's ringing in food at the same time, so yeah. I'm like, you know, just like panicking. Like it was basically like fight or flight, you know. Yeah. And I was just like, and uh, so like that Chris Lee weekend, we had a new events manager, and she fucked us over in the mm. kitchen. She like booked out like got a company to buy like 150 seats and they got a special menu but they got sat at the same time as everyone else so like she said oh make their special menu before we start to serve anyone else Uh oh so there's 300 people we're not serving (laughs) you know oh wow so then those orders started to come in and then like ticket times for food were about two hours like an hour and a half to two hours that's the whole show yeah (laughs) it was terrible it was so bad and um Freaking, uh, yeah, that Sunday, me and my chef walked out, but uh, the uh, <laughs> it was just so <laughs> you bad. Said goodbye, you probably. Yeah, well, that because Saturday we got like fucked, and then we stayed clocked in. We just left, and then we went to Seven Eleven, bought a bunch of fucking Modelo tall cans, nice. and then we like drove somewhere, and we were just drinking. I'm like, like man, fuck this, why the yeah. fuck? Are we and then um, yeah, literally like, there was probably like five people from corporate. Uh. That like walked in to our uh, kitchen, uh. saw us dying, <laughs> like yeah, yeah. dying, and then like I'm on the expo line, and like I think I'm a beast at that job, yeah. And they thought like I was the problem, so they kind of like kicked me like out of the line to try oh, and do it. But it's like man. these corporate guys that don't know what they're doing. Oh, ooh, th- wait, they stepped in to do the job. They tried to. It's and like then pulling they did the gun off a yeah. machine gunner and be like, <laughs> yeah. "Let me show you yeah, how it's me, done. Uh, let me get a rip." <laughs> you yeah. Know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> So they, like, kicked me out, and then I, like, threw my hands up, and I'm like, all right, fuck this. And then I went outside the kitchen, and I'm just like, all right, if they yeah. don't, you know, they don't want me to do my job, that I'm yeah, obviously yeah. the best in this company to do this. Right. Um, And then they, like, probably, like, three minutes they tried it, and then they're like, all right, yeah, they asked me to come back, and then I was You're like. You're back in, kid. I'm just hella pissed, you know? Right, <laughs> like, it's yeah. hard to, like, be hella mad and then be focused on, like, such a crazy thing. Yeah. So, yeah, that was, like. That that was like what the last straw where I was like, all right, I can't yeah, work here. Yeah, Plus, it ridiculous. was like all the shows are at night, so it's eating into my comedy. Yeah, that's the like problem. That's the irony, isn't it? Yeah, I work at a comedy club, yet I don't have the time to go do comedy. Yeah, and it was uh that that was probably my second year of okay. stand up, and I was getting kicked out of my house, so I had to work two jobs. Right. I was working at the sushi place in Campbell, and then the Improv, and then at Can some you point. Can you name names with the sushi place? Sushi Confidential in Campbell. Oh, okay. Here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sushi by Sushi Randy. That's downtown. Yeah. 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 I we've don't been, care. We've been there many times. My kids um, love sushi, so we yeah, eat a yeah. lot of sushi. I love sushi too, but working at that place, that place is like a little bit, it's, it's so expensive. Yeah, I don't want to hate on <laughs> <Yeah>. it, but <laughs> not the best. Bro, trust me. <laughs> <laughs> I hated that place too. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, uh, yeah. Freaking, um, it was just like so crazy because like, 
again, and then too, like I get kicked out, and then I move in with my dad in Morgan Hill. So I'm like yeah. literally like commuting from Morgan Hill to work at the sushi job to yeah. go to the improv, work till like two in the morning, and then drive back to fucking uh, Morgan Hill to do it all over again. Mm. It was like working like six days a week. And like five doubles a week. Yeah, it was like the probably like one of the worst times of my life, just because of like the amount of shit I was going through, and the that's one I had to, to do constantly. Yeah, I was. And then, um, did you get any good comedy bits out of that though? That's the question. Uh, or you, maybe ten years from now. I bet yeah, ten years yeah, from that's now, a thing, like, when you're invited to do like the story show or something, you know the uh, what's what's it used to be Ari Shafir's, and then now it's uh, uh Roy Woods. Roy Wood. What's yeah. the name of that? Um, this is not happening. This is not happening. You'll have a lot of yeah. this is not happening. Uh, See, that's what, like, I kind of figured, too. Like, I have, I remember, I think it was, like, Joey Diaz or someone on some podcast. I remember them talking about having bits yeah. that you're not ready for as a comedian. Like, you have a good idea, and you know it's like, yeah. this is something, but I'm not, not that good of a comedian yet to really, you yes. know, make a bit out of it. Right. And I feel like that's how I, because I don't think I've ever been a really good storyteller. I've just been able to just kind of be a loose goose and yeah like yeah yeah make jokes here and there but right. uh, i think as i get older like all my stories like i really one time i did a, a birthday party right like a one-year-old's birthday party a show wait wait one, wait wait wait. i a did a comedy <laughs> show yeah i did a comedy show oh at, dear at an indian at a indian child's one-year-old birthday it was oh. uh it was like well, you're very relatable. I can see why they picked <laughs> you for a one-year-old. Well, it wasn't. So Ryan Sadakran was. Uh, Shout out to Ryan. Yeah, he had like, there was like a tear where he was just getting booked on these the weirdest like Indian gigs. Oh. And then he would like, like get me to do them too. Yeah. And like this one was, it was me, Austin Blake. You're the lovable white guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that show, that, that was like probably one of the worst shows I think I've ever done. Because it was who do you play to the kids or you got to play to the dude, adults. It was, <laughs> it was like the way the room was set up. You're it's like a gladiator, like because um it was just like they rented out or like booked out this fucking uh, <laughs> private room in this okay. Indian restaurant. Yeah, and it's this like giant space spacious banquet uh-huh. like hall type thing. And then in the middle, there's a dance floor, but it goes down, oh. and that's where they wanted the show. Two men enter, one <laughs> man leaves. And there's mirrors all around it, so ev- uh. like you're just looking at yourself, or if you look up, people are just staring down at you, like <laughs> like like I'm trapped in a well or some shit, and everyone's looking for me for entertainment. Oh and, no! Um, I yeah. bet the kids would have liked the duck jokes. You got <laughs> <laughs> I don't even think I because they're fresh off then, the teat, yeah. you know. Yeah. Be, oh, I get it. <laughs> it was so, it was so, so like <laughs> where it's it's like now it's so funny and like yeah. I can't wait till I can actually work it into a good story because like I'm I'm like all right guys I want to go first I want to get yeah. this over with I don't want to uh, have to like yeah, wait yeah, yeah, yeah. and then um they give me like it's a wireless mic okay I do my first joke the mic cuts out in my punchline oh. I'm like, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I have 10 more minutes to do. Like, straight up, like, oh, no. like 10 minutes of fucking. And it wasn't a brief cutout. It was like, your mic's gone. No, it kept cutting out until they're like, they're like panicked. And then they like got me another uh, mic in the middle of my set. Uh, and at this time, I'm like, I just want to leave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, at, like, while we're doing it, all the kids start to come down on the dance floor. Yeah. So we're like doing comedy while there's kids just like playing around us. Yeah. And then just very loose people <laughs> watching us. Oh, wow. And then, um, so I like finish and I'm like, all right, I'm going outside. I'm not hanging out around mm-hmm. here. Yeah. And then like, I'm like hanging outside for a bit. Everyone else does their sets and then they're still hanging around inside. Yeah. I'm like, what are you guys doing? Yeah. <laughs> do you not just see, like, do you not see what we just did? We just did all, like, fucking stand-up comedy at a one-year-old's birthday party. Yeah. And they're just fucking eating, like, chicken vindaloo and uh, all this stuff. See, um, I would be seduced by the food. I love Indian food. I love Indian food, too, but I was but more anxious. Yeah. And, you know? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I was yeah. like, I can't be in this room with this energy. I just feel, yeah. one, I'm just a large white dude. Yes. <laughs> Ryan's the yes. only other Indian, and I got Austin Blaylock and Matt Detar. Like, yeah. It was just so weird. <laughs> and then the dude, like... Pay, we got paid like f- all four of us together. It was like split between two hundred dollars. Yeah, and you could tell as he was handing us the money, he was just like, "Jesus Christ, why uh, did I let this happen?" Oh yeah, it was so weird. You know, part of me, I know that the Indian community they have a lot of, uh, they support comedy. 
in that yeah. they have shows and they do things don't like that. Don't they have like a really good scene in India or like relatively like I don't there was a dude at um Woodham's either last week or the week before and he was here on business from India and he went up and he was really funny. Um he was only there for another couple more days. I was going to try and schedule him on the podcast, but um he'd been doing comedy in India for a while. Um but even just here in the Bay Area, you know, it seems like they have um a good I guess community support yeah. system. They're all Which, over the place. Yeah, sometimes it makes me envious, but then I realize, ah, but if I was Indian, I would have had to learn to spell words when I was a kid, and that wouldn't <laughs> have been cool. And you, you just so don't know how to spell I now as an adult. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm better off. Yeah, yeah. I'm better off uh, like, dealing Jesus, with the whiteies. The worst part about being Indian is learning how to spell. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Too many spelling bees. I yeah. couldn't handle the pressure. Dude, that'd be sick, though. Yeah. To just be like, yo, give me a word. Give me a word. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, just someone like, opens a dictionary. Pop, yeah, I got you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Pontificate. You're like, P-O. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, that would have been good. You know what? I didn't, I didn't want to let your story go about the um, what you were doing at Improv because I had a colleague years ago, and she worked a cush uh, office job like I have, but she her, her family owned a Chinese restaurant. And so from the time she was like 13 until after college, she worked uh, um, in Chinese restaurant. And she told me she still has nightmares. <laughs> it's like one, it was just so stressful. Yeah. You know, we take for granted. This is the thing that we do in our society. We take for granted these jobs that don't pay a lot. Yeah. But then we're just like, oh, we want this happening now or, or whatever, you know. But like it's putting a lot of stress on a lot yeah. of people to get a job done quickly, which yeah. probably should be done more slowly carefully yeah. and not stress out the workers you know yeah that's the so. thing like i've been working in the food industry my whole life so well not whole life but like whole working life sure and uh yeah sometimes like luckily now i work in a bar where like i just pour beer yeah it's, like, I'm a fucking just that's a good life beer. right there yeah uh but i remember like because they're when the ticket machine that prints the ticket for the food order yeah it makes a very annoying sound uh, it's like yeah. and it's like <laughs> So you, you just twitching. hear that. If I'm at another restaurant, I'll hear that. And I'm at like, I'll be like, yeah, know? it's a trigger. Um, it's just little things like that. Or even like we used to at the sushi place, we did DoorDash. And okay. like when an order comes in, it goes ding, ding, uh, ding, ding. And like you, I was at this one restaurant and like their DoorDash thing was going off for like 10 minutes. Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like about to get up and like find this thing. I'm like, yeah. I'm going to put in this order for you yeah, guys. Yeah. <laughs> like, like I can't be having this thing just like, yeah, yelling. it is crazy. a little like PTSD. You know, I think it is. Yeah, it is. If nothing else, it's some kind of weird trigger thing that makes yeah. you anxious. Yeah. It's, a, it's something that induces anxiety. So you were talking about working in these gigs that uh, they, it gave you the, um, the discipline. So what, what does your process look like when you're, thinking of jokes are you writing every day about jokes or are you um, just kind of letting them come to you as they come it's a, it's a good mixed bag so there's like times where i'm like really into writing and then i'm like i'll just fall off and then like i try and write a joke like at least one joke a day um, nice and that granted that doesn't always work but um, oh yeah like my literally what i do is i just get high and then i go on twitter and then i'll just have my tweet thing open and i'll be like dogs dog and then it's like Kind of just, like, go from there and then try and make my own connections and stuff. Uh, That's a really good yeah. way of doing things. And then uh, usually, like, I write through Twitter because you get the instant response. Yeah. So you can I can see, like, how well jokes are doing, like, before I even try them on stage. Yeah. And, um, and I've had, like, uh, bits that I haven't tweeted out because they're just more long-winded. But Twitter yeah. is, like, literally the perfect format for jokes. Yeah. It's just so short. It's just, like, bang, bang, bang. Right. You know? Um. But yeah, it was straight up just getting high and going on Twitter. There's no art. I wonder, does Twitter, so once you write it out, does the timing work automatically on stage if it works in the written tweet? Um, so it is actually kind of weird. Like you could get a good idea of like how well it's going to do. Granted, and then everyone reads it in their own way. Yeah. Um, And I've had like jokes that had three likes, get applause breaks, and then jokes with like 40 get nothing, you know? Yeah. It's a it's a weird gauge, but it's still like I think a good gauge, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and it just I guess uh, with just like great like punctuation and stuff, you can mm. kind of force people to time it out the way you'd want it, right? And all that stuff, but uh, dot dot dot. Yeah, and, and it's then a, something else because it's always comma, weird with else. yeah, it's and it's always or weird so with I've been uh, told I don't I don't spell <laughs> so. It's always weird with jokes where yeah. like 
uh, one word can make the difference between that being a good joke oh, yeah. and stuff. Or even just like another second of just stopping. So it's it's weird. But Twitter is a, like amazing in the fact that like you can just get famous off of Twitter for tweeting a joke. Yeah. Like I've known so many people that have just like blown up. You tweet something so relatable. Yeah. It gets retweeted by the right people and then boom. That's like, true. It, and it's actually like back to that like um, my Christmas in the park joke. Oh, yeah, San Jose, that's a great one. Yeah. Most tweeted joke and like joke I've ever tweeted. Nice. And arguably it does the worst out of all my San Jose material. Huh. That's interesting. Yeah. Your San, o- your San Jose material works pretty much across the yeah. board. Yeah. I think mostly. But it's probably not some of the hottest stuff you're pitching maybe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I Because uh, I've been doing it for a while, especially with jokes like that. It's like a good fall too, but I just try and... Especially now, I've just been like, I don't want to do any of my old jokes, you know? I'm just trying oh, to like either riff up there or just yeah. like really work on new stuff. So that's a good question. So you have stuff that you work on. It's developed. You know it works in most of the rooms you go to, but you personally get a little sick of it. What do you yeah. do with the, those jokes or bits? Try not to do them. Yeah. Because um, like that's a th- with like comedy, I feel like. A comedian only bombs if they really feel bad about their set. You know, granted, mm. like, if you just don't get laughs, people will consider that bombing. But, like, yeah. I've had sets where I've killed, but with, like, old jokes. Mm. I'm just like, I fucking, uh, <laughs> I, yeah. I fucking hate this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, it almost turns into you being that guy in the kitchen just delivering. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? It's like just running through the motions. You yeah. know, it doesn't even feel like, like, why am I doing comedy if I just feel, like, if I'm just trying to fucking force the set out, get it out, and then be done, right. you know? It should be like when you're up there, you should be wanting to say everything you're saying, you know? So do you think a joke will come off better when you're having to do a little bit of like straining, like where am I at? Or do you think it's better when it's just like so easy? Like I've told this joke 10,000 times. I know where it is. You think it may be like the strain is a little bit better, more rewarding? Yeah. If you've you've done a joke 10,000 times, you essentially want to do it like the way you did it the first couple times, you know? Like it should be pretty consistent. That's Um, interesting because one of the best nights I've had I went up, I just said, I'm going to bomb. Yeah. And it was something I hadn't worked on. It was like a silly, like an email. It was an email discussion between me uh-huh. and this person. It was like, it was so ridiculous. And I'm just going to go up there and read it. But I had little pops in between. I would read yeah. this and then I would do a little pop, read this. And I just went up going, this isn't going to work. And I went and the, the crowd, it was over at Caravan. And it was the first, actually, I would say that was the defining moment when I said, I'm going to stick with this. Yeah. Because it was probably three or four months in. And, um, you know, I was getting all the experiences that someone who's three or four months in, just like not much response, just like, uh. and then I went up there and I did this and people connected. And then there was one other thing I saw. I did a shout out there. So basically what I'm trying to say is the entire thing was just kind of like a throwaway. Yeah. And I think I went up there knowing it was a throwaway. And so then it did well. And I go, oh, That's that felt when good. You really abandoned like all hope. And you're yeah. just like, like, well, whatever happened is going to happen. That was it. I think that's where you have to live to be a comedian, you know? Probably. Um, But it's also, like, because some of my favorite sets I've ever had were at Caravan. Like, Yeah, I love the place. Like, you're just in the corner just throwing yeah. punches, you know? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Like, you do so well there. That's what I wanted to tell you. I can't believe how consistent you are in that room. There's people I see have good nights, and there's people I see have uh, bad nights, and it's like, but you, it tends to be like, oh, Tyler's going up, boom, he's yeah. got that. It's because that's what I that's what I started to do is just abandon all hope when I go up there and yeah. that's that rooms like that yeah are where you can't be hopeful <laughs> yeah yeah because it's like I've almost been jumped there for yeah being on stage and like I've gone through a lot of shit there yeah and just that's the thing like out of desperation you got to create you know so yeah that's like one of, like one of my favorite sets ever there was probably like three customers in there. Right. And then Rachel, maybe yeah. Armando, and then like Zach Lord and Ryan Sadakran. Okay. And I'm like destroying just yeah. doing material I've never even tried before. Nice. And just like riffing and playing around. Yeah. And like I don't record my sets out of just yeah. sheer laziness and being right. dumb. <laughs> so like yeah. it's always sucks where like those sets where you're just kind of throwing it away right. go off into the ether and you can't bring them back. But yeah. that's what makes them so fun. Yeah. It's like when the, the monks make the art out of sand, you know? <laughs> They're yeah. Like, just for it to go away. It's going to be gone. Yeah. Yeah. What What's your uh, craziest story from the caravan? Um, Probably the time I almost got jumped. Well, uh, there was um, these uh, this group of, like, four or five white dudes. Okay. And it was, like, 
two days after the Charlottesville Tiki Torch thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and... Um, they were feeling very prideful. Prideful, yeah. They yeah. were, um, like, heckling everyone, derailing sets. Okay. And then I go up there. I'm, like, trying to do my spiel, and then fucking um, one of them yells something out, and then I'm all like, yo, shut the fuck up. Where'd you come from, Charlottesville? Where are your tiki torches? Yeah, yeah, They instantly, like, switch and then fucking start, like, yelling at me Ooh. and, like, coming up to the stage, and yeah. then... The old security guard that worked there before Armando, like, came over and then Atu like ran up yeah. and they're fucking like yelling over them at me Ooh. and then I'm just like yelling. Oh, at them back you on the stayed mic. in the pocket. Yeah, I stayed in the pocket. Nice. And like everyone in the room hated them, so the yeah. fact that like I'm against them now, yeah. like everyone became on my side. Right. So like they're like they like calmed them down or whatever, got it the situation to settle. Yeah. And then there was like a pause in caravan after all this like really crazy energy. Yeah. And then I go. I'm like, so where the fuck do I go from here, guys? Do you want me to do comedy still? And then uh, the but the place, dudes were still there. Yeah, the dudes were still there. Like, I'm surprised Rachel didn't give him the boot. I know. I'm pretty I think um, that it was just because like they didn't really like they were just yelling. You oh know? right, like, right. I don't right. know. And then um, like the place just blew up. Like after it was like I don't know. <laughs> and yeah, then yeah. they were just like yeah. And then like I had caravans like undivided attention. Nice. And just like yeah, that was probably because like. I went outside and I thought like once they come out like yeah. it's different. Right. <laughs> and then um I was around all my friends so they came out and then like they were trying to talk like shit and stuff but right. they were like no one was having it and yeah, like yeah. they eventually it just became them like leaving out of just like They lit their torches. Yeah. Like, we're, we're going <laughs> <Yeah>. home. <laughs> it was uh and then like I mean I've seen other comedians have crazy like I don't know if you know Sanj yeah, I was there that night. I know the story you're going to say. Wait, tell you the story. Well, I was going to say, well, there's a one where he's like, he got it in his head that like, he's just going to do crowd work. And okay. he's just like yelling at the crowd. <laughs> he gets some of his, I was, it was difficult to watch some of his stuff. Sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's uh yeah, he's a character, but he's like, it's so funny. Cause there's like this group of girls and they're like shitting on him, but he's like yelling back at him. And then another guy, like, everyone sees that he's, like, interacting uh, like this. So people yeah. are just yelling at him. And at one point, he fucking, this guy go, says some shit. And he goes, what the fuck? Why are you talking? You look like you came here to try and find your sister to fuck her. Oh. And then just, like, and then, like, <laughs> me and Ryan are in the back dying. But he's, like, yeah. saying all this off shit. He told yeah. this guy that he looks like a pedophile. Oh, and all this I stuff. wasn't there for that night. Oh, yeah. Well, he, uh. <laughs> So he's I like was there. I was there the night someone kept yelling misogynist, misogynist, because oh, he was telling one, a joke yeah. about a woman, a woman driver or something, which I don't know. As far as comedy goes and as far as Sanj goes, it was very tame. Yeah. Um, and I did a bit about that the next week at Woodham's just to tell the story because it got kind of crazy. And the way I described the people who were heckling him is um, it looks like Antifa. If Jim Henson tried to make a puppet to represent Antifa. Yeah. <laughs> Or no, f what's the, is it Antifa, the anti-fascist yeah, people? Yeah, yeah. That, that's what they look like, the people yeah. who were yelling at them. Dude, well, that was the, was that the night Bailey got banned from Caravan? Uh, yes. Yeah, when that he was called the her night. a fake lesbian? Yes. The first of all, hilarious. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like, one, to, like. Dude, that's just, great. We all have this yeah. shared memory of <laughs> yeah. this one night. Yeah. That night was sick. That was yeah. one of my favorite nights at Caravan, just because yeah. it was so chaotic. And like. <laughs> Cause he got yeah he calls her a fake lesbian and she lost her mind. Well, and she started to eat pussy right there to prove <laughs> him wrong. <laughs> but yeah, I'm not a phony. Look yeah. at me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, I'm a fake lesbian. Check this out. <laughs> yeah. No, I think I think Hatu even was kind of he was pissed at me at one point because I was yelling at one of the girls. Cause she was trying to grab the mic, and yeah. this is how stupid I was. This is how stupid I was. This is this was my only comeback to her. You can't grab the mic. You gotta put your name in the book. <laughs> <laughs> Sign up if you want to <laughs> prove you're not a fake lesbian. <laughs> yeah, that was the only thing fun. I could say. One so, <laughs> yeah, that was always full of good times. Oh, caravan's the best. One man. one time there was this dude that came in, like hammered, like super yeah. drunk, and. It, it's like one and one thirty in the morning at Caravan. Yeah. Like I'm saying, way later than normal. Yeah. It's like me, uh, Derek Chowda boy, and then fucking um, this guy comes in, and he like wants to do comedy, but Atu's yeah. trying to end the mic. Yeah. And he's like, you know what? Fuck it, let it go. So Atu is like talking to him up there, uh. and this guy is just like hella drunk, and we, Atu gets him to dance. 
for wow. 10 minutes as as he's wow. just like go, as he's like doing comedy and like this guy's just like la, 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 just like going <laughs> off dance yeah and then Atu just has the mic like talking about him and shit nice and then like it was like just comics just crying from laughter because yeah. of like how ridiculous it was and like dude that place is so much fun oh magical. that's tonight today's wednesday yes. yes we will be there um there was another good night where you and ryan started freestyling oh yeah <laughs> and atu was playing harmonica i remember that i don't remember what i said but i remember yeah i don't remember <laughs> what i said either but it was memorable it was, that memorable. was fun yeah because me and ryan have always been like what can we do different like something right. especially like at caravan when you're kind of just like hopeless yeah you know where you're like i don't even know like the set's gonna go either way like might as well dick around yes so we d- would start to do things like that yeah but uh yeah, that's always fun. That's always fun. Like when Atu breaks out that harmonica, he's that place so changes. good. Yes, <laughs> he's so good with that harmonica. Um, he definitely needs to. Yeah, he needs to do that more often. Um, when did you start comedy? How m- how many years you been doing it? I've been doing it four. So okay. twenty sixteen was probably about. I'd say like end of December. Yeah, end of December in twenty sixteen is when I started. Was it at Frascati? Yeah, I did the um, the mixed mic oh, first. Okay. And I went up, my friends came, and, like, I, so, like, again, I pulled my jokes from Twitter, yeah. and then I had a little notebook, probably did, like, a minute and a half, okay. just so nervous, yeah. not even knowing if I did well. Yeah. And, like, it's a mixed mic, so no comedians in general yeah, for me to be, like, yeah. before you and after you. Yeah, so I'm, like, the outsider, and then I do, like, a minute and a half, and then I'm, like, okay, bye, and then, like, you could see the host was, like, what? Like, outside, yeah, and, yeah. like, panic to get back on stage. So I did that, didn't do it again for a couple months, and then I came back on the uh, Wednesday. Okay. And uh, this was like when there was like twelve comedians <laughs> in San yeah. Jose. It was like, like I'm PCP, hearing from everyone. Yeah. It's, it's changed a lot. Oh, there it's like tripled. The amount of comedians yeah. have tripled, and like Frascati used to be, like no one sat up front. There'd just be college kids in the back on their laptop or upstairs. Yeah. And now like people actually go there for the show. Oh, it's packed. So it's all a the shame time. that it's ending <laughs> i know that's too bad when is the last show there do you know uh, i think jorge said the 18th of march uh, that's right around the corner yeah so that's like five more shows i guess yeah. huh that's that's a huge hit yeah to that's the wednesday comedy yeah. scene oh, it's so me. bad to the point where i think you know one of us i don't know i should start shopping around. one of us needs to find another <laughs> open mic for wednesdays because yeah, wednesday just needs more mics in general do we need more mics yeah i gotta start shopping around for yeah. one but i man there was a um, yeah, there was, like, loose mics here and there, but then they never lasted. Like, there was the blue chip for a bit, and then um, there was one at, like, San St. Patrick's, which is, like, down the street okay. uh, from Caravan for, like, a, a day. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, and, like, no one came, so it just, like, stopped. Well, I think, um, and I'm only speaking from talking with Munoz about, so he had a mic in Sunnyvale, and it would have been, actually, you were you were been to that mic, um, uh, Blue Max? Oh, yeah, yeah. Dude, that venue was perfect Dude. but i think the owners or the bartender was a little skittish because some of the people drinking there like, why are people talking i just want the jukebox playing yeah, or yeah. whatever um and so i think comedians scare away some bar owners oh totally especially open mic comedy that's the hardest oh. thing to like get like when anyone can oh, go up when yeah. omar palominos can get up there and, he's and pulling out buttholes and, and pulling out butts putting your finger in i your love ass. you omar. omar yeah yeah no he's great but you know what omar <laughs> but he, uh <laughs> he just needs to keep his pants on yeah and then maybe he can make something of his yeah. comedy career omar um, i haven't seen him since he dropped trow and at woodham's so he doesn't have yeah. woodham's he doesn't have caravan he doesn't I don't know, it's man. It, it's a bit crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he. Uh, when you know, it's debatable whether or not the human butthole is humorous. Yeah. You know? Well <laughs> and whether or not the human butthole, uh, you can apply the First Amendment to it. That's it's true. debatable. Yeah, yeah. Is it speech? It, Do you have I don't to know. fart? If you fart, then it maybe it's It's speech. a sound, but it's an intelligible sound. See, we need if lawyers. A doctor, if a doctor could tell, like, what <gasps> that fart meant a pr- a for pro- you... Uh, what, a prostate exam. Yeah. Yes, if they could go, oh, he's got an that enlarged. Fart, prost- yeah, that fart means his prostate's enlarged. Then that's a language to that doctor, right? It is a language, and so what I think that means is we need to make some kind of um, uh, change to the First Amendment to say that 
buttholes are protected under the First Amendment <laughs> for a type We're of speech. We're doing this for you, Omar. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> We're trying to get them back on the scene. But, protect our buttholes. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag free the Petitions. Ass. We get the fucking things. We're like, no, I'm registered to vote. No, it's not that. Yeah. Uh, if you want to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Do you think buttholes should be allowed out and about? <laughs> Oh, man, that's rough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what we need because we got so many comedians. We need more open mics yeah. um, to go spout our uh, unfortunate jokes. Yeah. Shout out to uh, Jacob Contreras for starting the uh, Off the Hook. I cannot believe how quickly that's ramped up. Yeah. I haven't been because I started to work Tuesdays, so I haven't been able to go. Yeah. But uh, I remember one time Pete couldn't do Woodhams at Woodhams, so they did it there. Yeah. And it seemed like a pretty decent room for comedy. Dude, it's an awesome yeah. room. It's great. And we were even talking about it last night. I think there's even ways to kind of optimize it to make it a little more comedy friendly. Um, but, yeah, the guy there, uh, Carl, he's the bartender, the barkeep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he seems just like, oh, whatever, you know. <laughs> just just let him rip. Yeah, and then you got your locals there. But there's enough of us fucking schmucks showing up that it's it feels good. Yeah, yeah. It feels like a good room. Um, but it also could be um, – and not to take anything away from what he's doing with uh, promoting it and running it, but it could also be that there's so many of us that if you just open, you know, a mic anywhere, that it'll pretty much get populated really quick. And I think yeah. that needs to be the pitch. If I go to any bar, I'm going to have to say, look, I can bring in, you know, at least 30 drinkers a yeah, night. Yeah, well, that's the thing, too, is, like, comedians are poor freeloaders. So, like, yeah, a lot that's of places true. get, like... Well, you have all these people here, but they're fucking, they're just coming in for the yeah. mic and then leaving. You yeah, know? that's true. You got to buy a beer. Yeah. yeah. That's what I try and do at least. Even if, uh, like, at Friscotti, if I don't get anything or any yeah. other place, I try and at least leave, like, a tip or yeah, something. Yeah. yeah. Throw it in the bucket. I, I never leave an open mic or uh, uh, without at least a tip or a drink. Yeah. Just because it's some. Um, I know it's other markets, it's they charge. You yeah. Know, I think in LA, you got to. A lot of the op open mics, you got to pay five yeah, bucks or whatever. And it's not even like a guaranteed spot. It's like right. random. It's weird, but uh, that's a money making scheme right there. Hopefully, I it totally doesn't feel come like. Back. Yeah, yeah. If if there was ever a paid mic in the Bay Area, no one would go to it. You don't think so? No, because there's there's pretty ample stage time around here. Yeah, and it's like, how good is your mic where I have to pay to do it when I could either just not do it that day, go to the next day. Yeah, and like because San Jose and Bay Area in general, like. Awesome comedy scene. Like, San Jose is a good spot because it's, like, more blue-collared, you yes. know? You go over oh, the I hill. I love it in San Jose. Yeah, and then you go over the hill to Santa Cruz. Yes. It's more, like, hippies and love stuff like that. Santa Cruz, too. You go to, like, East Bay area, you know? It's more, like, black crowds and stuff. Yeah. And you go up north, you get, like, more PC crowds. So you're right. in a good area to work out material. I think so. In all sorts of different, uh, like, niches and stuff. Yeah. I really, I got to start hitting East Bay more. Um, I'm go. I do obviously San Jose, Santa Cruz Peninsula. Santa Cruz is is fire. Dude, I love Santa Cruz's comedy scene. They are there. It feels like they're doing everything right over yeah. there. And their their community is like so like small. It's and it's so like everyone are is like best friends. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of crazy. And then they all support each other. Like all their shows, everyone's doing together and stuff. And then they got DNA's comedy lab. I was it's like, that's dangerous. It's amazing. But, and then the other thing that's really crazy about Santa Cruz is how accommodating they are to us. Yeah. Oh, they love out-of-towners. It's insane. Yeah. We're not the same way. I don't think we're the same way in San Jose. Like, oh, you're from wherever? All right, back of the line, yeah, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, that's why, like, I've always, when people come out of town, I, like, I used to, like, guest host for Scotty a lot. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, yeah, you came over, like, it'll yeah, definitely yeah. put you up and stuff. But yeah, they're like constantly like, oh, out of towners, yeah, yeah, you guys can go up. Right. Like I've I've uh, like last minute hit up, like whoever to do like poet and stuff. Yeah. Or um, Rosie McCann's. I'm like, I'm just looking for time, and they've like paid me. I'm like, no, I'm like, I don't. Wow. <laughs> you know, like, like I wasn't expecting anything. I was like, even granted, it was like three to five dollars, whatever it is. Yeah. I'm like. Like I would have accepted a finger up my butt. Yeah, like, hey, I would have accepted cash? a fucking pinky up my rectum. Yeah. But, like, yeah, I'm just like, well, Jesus, thank you, you know? <laughs> yeah. No, that's really cool. They got a good thing going. I think generally we're spoiled in yeah. this part of the Bay. I think as comics are spoiled, I hear these stories from people coming from New York or L.A. or whatever and what they got to do to get mic time. And I go, ooh, I don't know if I'm that committed. You yeah, know, I love it, but I don't know if I'm going to be. <laughs> first off, if you're in LA, you're going to be sitting in traffic for. If you want to go out and hit maybe two yeah. mics, well, okay, there's two hours of traffic time for you. 
Whereas here it's, you know, 15 minutes to even going to Santa Cruz, you're only, you know, really 30 minutes. Um, so yeah, we have uh, ample, I think it's going to turn out good comics. I believe oh yeah. in the area. I really believe Santa in the area. They're, I mean, SF, obviously they have, like yeah, the they're best established. Comics yeah, and yeah. Stuff. But, um, just the whole Bay area as a like general, like amazing talent here. Yeah. And it's always growing. Yeah. But like, yeah, like, uh, freaking just tons of people from up here, like Moshe Kasher. Yeah. He's from Oakland. That's right. And he knew Tony Sparks and everything. Like, he fucking, yeah. like, like they're, uh, Margaret Cho's from up here. That's right. I think freaking, uh, Dana Carvey used to do Roosters all the time. Like, yeah, before it was, like, officially Roosters. He was on Conan's podcast. Actually, multiple times. Dude, that's a great listen. If I recommend one podcast, uh, that for Bay Area comics, the one where the first one that Dana Carvey did with Conan, it's really interesting because y- I don't know for some reason I got it in my head. Um, Dana Carvey, he's an SNL guy and he does movies, whatever. But uh, he, I guess, he was just like this amazing stand-up guy, and he yeah. was here around the time that Robin Williams yeah. was here. So it was like um, this whole thing. And uh, what's his name? Froops. Uh, yeah, Proops, Proops, the quasi-gay dude from... Um, whose line is it? Whose anyway? line? Yeah, yeah he's yeah. not gay, which is crazy. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. crazy that you're not gay, Greg Proops. I know. God, it's 2020. Take a dick already. Yeah, t- <laughs> um, <laughs> Take a dick, dog. <laughs> <laughs> Take a dick. What's going on, man? Uh, yeah, and then um, who who was the other uh, big comic? Um, Saget? Is it Bob Saget? I think he was just on Full House. <laughs> I don't know if he was in... A Bay Area comic? Oh, yeah, maybe um, not. Was Patton? No, Patton. So he he definitely has history here, but here's the big name recently that has blown up is Ali Wong. Oh yeah, Ali Wong. Yeah, yeah. So she was a SF uh, comic, and you know, obviously did the rounds in New York and LA, and now she's doing very well. Oh yeah, and they're just like seeing the like we had Emil- Emily Catalano just yeah. fucking Conan and all that stuff. Andrew Wolfo yes. in Netflix and was on uh, the James Corden. Yeah, and, like. Like, it's amazing, like, the talent and, like, it's starting to get slowly recognized out here. Yeah. Which is, it's pretty insane, too. It is. To, like, know these people and they like. Oh, and I know what it is. I didn't want to let the improv thing go. I didn't want to let the improv thing go. But I want to circle back to that while we're talking about the scene and whatnot. It seems like David's really interested in investing in yeah. the local comedy scene. Yeah. Which is, you know, given that this it's is huge. a corporate thing. But still, that is a theater. That's yeah. not a club. Oh, that that, that is a theater. theater is so historic. Fucking um, Charlie Chaplin's performed there. Yeah, it's insane. It it's uh, it's there's like and like that's what a point I made. Uh, like when I talked to him before, like the T.J. Miller thing. Yeah. Like I made it a point to like thank him for that. Where I'm like, like it's uh, I think it's really awesome that you're taking an interest in the local comedy scene around here. Right. To the point where he's going to open he's going mics. To and watching the whole thing multiple when he's a manager of a comedy club i would hate like i absorb comedy when i work there mm. i see comedy all the time i do comedy i would get so exhausted oh, yeah, <laughs> from yeah. hearing jokes and stuff like oh yeah yeah especially uh, the people working on their same shit day in oh, and day yeah. out yeah in in front of crowds that are kind of some care some don't care yeah so you're watching people struggle he's watching the butcher chop up the cow. Yeah, he's watching every he, night. Not every night. He's but seeing often. everybody on the ca- conveyor belt and how they're putting together everything. Yeah, and um, which is awesome because it's like I wonder if he'll do the podcast. I should reach out to him. He totally would. I feel like. I so. Yeah. Yeah, I got to reach out to him. Yeah, I think he would love to. That would be a good story. It would be. I think that would be a really awesome podcast to get yeah. him on here. Yeah. Because um, do that. it's like that's that's so big for a comedy club manager. To actively try and up the local scene. Yeah. And then that's, like, when Giovanni was, like, helping me get the show passed, like, she, like, pushed for me, like, really hard. Yeah. Um, She was all like, yeah, it just doesn't make sense for us to have the biggest comedy club in the area and not support our local talent. Yeah. So they're very much about now, like, they're raising I, the scene up. Uh, yeah. A- but, and I could totally, even for me, who thinks that everyone should be doing their part... I would totally understand if improv didn't do anything because, again, it's not a club. Like Rooster Tees, yeah. they, they're a club, and for them to open to open micers, they have to pay a staff, but it's not a staff like at improv. Yeah. To open the doors at improv, 
It's a machine, right? Yeah. So just to open the doors, to have people to pour the booze, to give to the people, you probably need to invest, I don't know, like $10,000 a night to pay everyone, yeah. right? And then to bring in the food and whatever else. So, I mean, it's not a small thing to say, oh, we're going to open up a theater yeah. to a bunch of schmucks and yeah, their dick and jokes. Yeah, just let them rip. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's kind of like, because you, you would feel like roosters would do it more since they're smaller. Yeah. it's There's not as much overhead. Right, like they That's don't they don't do local too. nights at all. Like they just do the I Wednesday know. and then yeah. And I feel like if they let local people run shows there, it'd be relatively easy to pack out. I'm with you. That stage needs to be used a lot more than yeah. it is. But I don't know how. I don't know. I don't know the business side of anything. Yeah, I but think I do Heather, think Mondays. Yeah. I think Mondays there. I'm I'm pretty sure they don't open on Mondays. I'm pretty sure they don't open on Tuesdays. Yeah, Mondays. You and could Tuesdays do a super there. stack on a Tuesdays. No problem. Oh yeah. No problem. Let alone, or if like a, it's a weekend where it's just a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, give a yeah. Thursday show to someone. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Like I feel like it's so weird that they don't because it's. I think it's weird. It's an awesome club and the fact like low ceiling, nice stage and everything. And that's what Dana Carvey says. Yeah, Dana Carvey said that was the stage <laughs> to hone your skills because he said everything was set up perfect. The PA was perfect. The stage height was perfect. The audience yeah. placement was perfect. The bar being where the bar is, like everything about that club is just comedy 101. Yeah. And uh yeah, I mean I'm 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 not going to I mean I'm not being critical because I I like the time I do get there. Yeah, exactly. Um and so I'm grateful for that, but if I I just don't know the business side. I would think I would look at it and go, "Okay, so I need five guys to pour beer." And see I'm trivializing, yeah, yeah. but I need five guys to pour beer um on a like a Tuesday. That'll cost me however many thousands of dollars, but then it's going to bring in how much per ticket? And they're going to be buying two two drink minimum. Like I would think you cover the margins pretty yeah. easily, but the risk is you have a Tuesday night where one person shows up. Yeah, and then you just <laughs> got a bunch of, and then you're paying everyone to just sit there, and you know there's no money to be had. When I worked at the improv, we would have off nights where like, the one time there was this hypnotist show. Yeah, there was six people in the audience. Wow, you know how? How did first you get the, all, How did you get booked then? Well, because they thought I think like he got his pitch in and everything, and then you okay. just kind of sell tickets. Maybe he had a, age, a good age yeah. or something. Yeah, and um, so I just remember, like, the show, there were six people. First of all, that theater is huge. So the fact that we have a show going on with six people. That's not good. Let alone a hypnotist show. Yeah. Like, they, he has he people come <laughs> up from the crowd. He's like, I need three people. That's half your audience, you know? And, uh, uh, and it, like, I remember I ran one plate of food. Yeah. And then my manager was like, you can just clean up and go. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like so pointless. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, I f- I feel like roosters, uh, people would be very accepting of like, especially I feel like roosters gets a lot of regulars. Yeah. Um, and then like if they're like, oh, it's another local night instead of like just this, you know, open right. showcase type deal. Yeah. It's like an actual like branded show. Yes, I exactly. Think people would get with established material. Yeah. From, n- I mean, not maybe not national touring comics, but from solid Bay Area comics. Yeah. I think you would. And here's why I say that, because Sunnyvale right now, just the demographics of what it is compared to what it was a decade ago, it's so crowded in Sunnyvale that yeah. there's people who want, I mean, Murphy Street's a great example. You go to Mur- Murphy Street uh, Monday through Sunday, it's there's people out All the about. time. Even late. Yeah. Like, Getting out of the whatever shows down there, like yeah, and there's people just hustling and bustling. Yeah, and so you're about half a mile from there, right? Yeah, with Rooster Tees. So I think there's people who want entertainment throughout the week. You got the young tech crowd or whatever that they they want to see. Yeah, they just want to spend money and do whatever. Exactly. Yeah, no Rooster Tees is, uh, (laughs) man. I think it could be, it's big, but I think it could be really, really huge. Yeah, but I feel like Heather just has is a little bit more peculiar. Yeah, about like how she runs her club, right? Um, because like getting past there used to be a, a process of like you would email her, ask for like a hosting tryout, oh. and then she would come out and see you on a Wednesday. Okay, give you pointers, and then like a couple weeks later, you just kind of rinse and repeat. Yeah. Um, but then everyone found that out, and uh, so she got kind of like changed it up. She yeah, didn't like that everyone knew. Right. And then um, because I was talking to Tyler Hines about it. And he like at, he he was. I love that guy. I love Tyler. He's one. Of, he's probably the next greatest Tyler behind me. Yeah, know? he is. And uh, he I think uh, I sent <laughs> him. I think I sent you. I'm trying to get him on the. F- we're trying to get a time. And I think I replied to one of your texts. Yeah, yeah. I remember I was that, yeah. <laughs> it was gay, probably. 
<laughs> oh, you're, yeah, you're all like, oh, that was meant for Tyler Hines. <laughs> and a little bit of me was like, I wish I was Tyler Hines. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, yeah, I fucking love Tyler. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so he told me it was a Wednesday night and he was like the headliner. Okay. So he um, asked me to remind him to ask how the passing process is. Yeah. But we both completely forgot. But, uh, yeah, it's different there now. Yeah. So what are your ambitions? Are you looking to get past at clubs here? Or are you going to move to a different market uh, at some point? Um, I think my idea for myself is to build a really strong basis here Yeah. for a couple more years. And then I don't think I would like uh, uh, New York. I think yeah. I'd much prefer L.A. because right. I'm closer to my home and everything. Yeah, yeah. Um, plus, like, com- the comedy store to me is so aesthetic. The only reason why I would go to New York is because Dave Attell is my favorite comedian. So <laughs> I would, like... I go there and try and suck his dick. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. I, you know what? I so I've watched comedy in L.A. I've watched comedy in New York. I'm not an expert on either scene. Obviously, I was just a guy jumping in and out of comedy clubs. But man, on any given night, there's a lot of motherfuckers pitching some significant heat in New York. Yeah, you know. Oh, whereas yeah. in 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 L.A., not to be, I'm not uh, shitting on L.A., but I've been on off nights where you're just like, Ugh, this could be. I mean, Woodhams, I I could probably see better stuff. Than yeah, Woodhams. yeah. <laughs> I feel like L.A. is way more delusions of grandeur, and New yes. York is way more people like, I'm doing this. It's, you know? Yeah. Um, but but it's far away. Yeah. The and the the and it's cold thing. and it's humid. Yeah. It's, oh, yeah. there's all these things. Oh, good weather, and then um, but yeah, the comedy store like. Same thing, but like on any given night, you could yeah. have fucking like Bill Burr, Joe Rogan, yes. Chris Leah, just like all these like national headliners, right? Back to back on one lineup, yeah. Granted, like people just like get pretty known there, or like yeah. they just get like more opportunities because there's way more, I think. Jewish national people. Jewish people. <laughs> I feel like New York's Canceled. got more Jews. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, I don't you're know. You're probably right. Google that. Hey, yeah. Jamie, Google that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, because like, I feel like there's more national headliners in LA. 100%. People, I mean, if you have a choice between weather. Yeah. <laughs> and, so let's say the world is at your feet, right? Yeah. Where people are just trying to get your time. Uh-huh. Um, are you going to live where it's sunny 362 days of the year? Or are you going to live where you got to go through snowstorms and be in a humid yeah. tunnel and waiting for a train? And most people don't drive in New York, right? Like See, that's that would be stuff. my draw. I'm so sick of driving. I'm so sick of driving, dealing with traffic, that I would almost just say, New York, fuck the cold. I, I don't care. It's cold. It's humid. But as long as I can just sit my ass on a train yeah, that's to get where I need to go. Sanj lives in New Jersey, okay. and he'll go out there, and he says, like, you can take the train and do, like, five to six mics a night. I would imagine it would be very easy, yes. Yeah. I mean, you could get up and down. The, I mean, as far as Manhattan's going, you could get up and down the island. It's so quick, you know? Yeah, so which is, like, super beneficial because mm-hmm. I know New York has a lot of stage time and stuff, but mm. he was describing it as, like, it's way more, like, it's all comics at the mics. Yeah. So it's not like really he said that like at one mic it's like you do a joke and then it's like a workshop where you go how did that go <laughs> or like should I do this instead mm. and then it's just like the comedians like responding and stuff. Yeah. But um I don't know cuz like I feel like especially in both those markets like in those A cities open mics are depending on where they are. Like if it's just I feel like there's not a lot of room for other people at these mics because of the mm. volume of comedians yeah. trying to get on. Yeah, it's to the point where, yeah, it's just too many. Yeah. Duh. Too much. Freaking, uh, well, that and then that's why they do the lottery system and yes. stuff too, which is kind of bullshit. Ugh. I wouldn't want to just like wait to get lucky, <laughs> you know? I would feel like I was wasting time if I was trying to win yeah, a lottery. Yeah, and that's, that's the one thing about L.A. It's like way more horror stories of about open mics yeah. not being able to get time. Yeah. Yeah, I would imagine you probably have to tag along with someone who's like uh, you know, a Matt Curry or something, someone who's kind of yeah. established and knows yeah. the tricks. And and oh, that's another great thing about LA is I think the Bay Area LA um like there's relationships. There's a good exchange. Yeah, there's a good exchange. Because LA is realistically not that far from It's here. not. Yeah. It's not. So I was talking with um Faco about it and he does this thing where takes a bus at like 5 a.m. 
Yeah, and the buses are hella cheap. 30 bucks, yeah. which I think is t- cheaper than if I were to drive my vehicle. Oh, yeah, because so one tank of gas is over 30. I- exactly. So he says he hops on at 5, and then he's just sleeping, right? And whatever, wakes up, get o- gets off the bus at like two in the after- 1 or 2 in the afternoon, grabs a bite to eat, and then just starts signing up for mics. And yeah. um, so he, he says he can usually at least get one you know, open mic somewhere, and then he'll go on a Monday whenever the comedy store has their open mics, and he'll yeah. put his name. And that's a lottery, you know, obviously. Yeah. It's the biggest club in uh, in America, probably. So they're not, I mean, everyone wants to get up. And sometimes you get up. So, yeah, I- he was saying it's uh, it's worth it Yeah, to just try that loop a few times. You're not back until, you know, early morning the next day, right? So if you leave Monday morning, <laughs> you're back in San Jose, whatever, like, yeah, but that's, yeah, that's I, I think that's no issue at all, you know? No, it's not an issue. Yeah. You'll, get, you'll get naps in between. You're yeah. waiting for your mic time, so. Let alone, like, even if, like, I mean, when you get back to San Jose, you just sleep in general. Exactly. You know? like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's definitely a smart thing to do. Um, and, like, just knowing people up here that move down there, they yeah. can show you the ropes and stuff, like, you get Matt Curry and stuff. And yeah, yeah. Whatever. Um, but also, I feel like those scenes, too, are a little bit har- more hard to tap into. Yeah. If you're coming out in as that outsider right you know? yeah i feel like there's a lot of people there's like they'll haze you yeah or you gotta they eat just like grapes out of my butthole before <laughs> i'll give you my <laughs> no longer lottery systems <laughs> yeah, yeah. Gotta be <laughs> if you want stage time eat my ass <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah um so last question last question and then uh this is getting hot in here i apologize it's man this is ridiculous we're podcasting from hell right now <laughs> um what what did you what was the inspiration to start comedy um I've I've grown up on comedy and okay. I love comedy. Um, I come from a funny family. Okay. Um, to like, I was very young when my parents got divorced, okay. so I use like anything comedy as an outlet. Yeah. And I was able like, for in the first grade, I knew I was like a class clown already. Like I knew I was like Damn. a silly kid, and <coughs> I would like straight up like, way too young. I'd be up late watching like half hour specials on Comedy okay. Central and stuff. Yeah. And it just amazed me, like, oh, you could be funny for a living. And, like, so just being a class clown and stuff. And then growing up, I've always known, like, I want to do comedy. I want to do comedy. And then I would have friends in school, mm. especially around, like, high school. Be like, dude, you should be a comedian. Oh, so you had kind of that yeah, positive the reinforcement. Of and then at the same time, though, it was, like, when other people would tell me, it's like, oh, you should be a comedian. Mm. It almost dissuaded me in the fact where I'm, like, I want to do it for me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, I don't want, like. Someone to like pressure me into it, but I like it's like if knew. your parents are hippies, you end up being an accountant or yeah, something yeah. Like, that. like the reversal, uh, which I think is a comedic thing too. Like we're very contrarian. Yes. If someone tell it comes up to you and says, "Oh, you know what? Conserving is good. Fuck that. I'm gonna buy a diesel engine well, car yeah. and drive in circles." That's the whole thing. All comedy is is saying things you shouldn't. You know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's like it cancel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jews. Yeah, Jews. <laughs> There we go. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't break that out sooner. Yeah, dude. I should have brought I should have brought it out a little sooner here, but uh There we go. That's there it. There we go. Okay, hit me one hit me one more time with Jews. Jews. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, baby. There we go. Canceled. <laughs> well, Tyler, this has been a pleasure, man. It's been too long. I should have had you on earlier, but uh thank you for joining the podcast. Of course. And um, any okay, so let's let's talk about dates for Super Stacked, and then any other stuff you want to talk about. Uh, Super Stacked March fifth at the San Jose Improv. We got guest list tickets if you want to get them for free, or if you want to buy them, it directly supports us. Um, that's probably the biggest date I got coming up. Uh, I'm doing Hop Dogma Brewing February twenty eighth. Okay, like that. Um, that should be fun. That's in uh, Half Moon Bay. Oh, nice. And then. I think that's a, one of my main dates coming up, the ones that I actually care about. <laughs> and Caravan, every Wednesday. Caravan, you will be every there Wednesday. Killing and fighting. Oh, yeah. All right, my man. Thank you very much. Thank you. This has been White fun. Power. White Power. <laughs> there we go. White Power. <laughs> Perfect way to end a podcast. <laughs>